Welcome to Based on Books, where we read our way through books that have inspired popular TV and film adaptations to see where it all began. I'm Keenan. And I'm Yvette. This season, we are reading our way through the Vampire Diaries, chapter by chapter. Today, we're covering chapters 13 and 14 of the first book, The Awakening. All right, so starting with chapter 13, we just had Mr. Tanner get offed. He just got murdered last chapter. So there's police everywhere. Matt had told Stefan to get out of there um, (laughs) because they were going to find him. Um, And all he told matt was to take care of elena yeah matt it's i love that interaction that this is more of at the very end of chapter 12 but it it bleeds in the beginning of chapter 13 when when matt is telling elena this but i love that interaction between matt and stefan because they're both saying the same things to each other but they're on completely different wavelengths where but they think they're making sense to each other where matt's like listen man (laughs) you gotta lay low for a bit and stefan's like yes I do have to lay low. It's like you got to get out of here, dude. Like, just I'll see you. I'll see you around. Yeah, I do have to get out of here. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> uh, I'll see you. Never tell Elena. Yeah. Take care of Elena. He's like, yeah, yeah. I'll let her know. I'll let her know. He's like, take care of her. Okay, cool, dude. See you tomorrow. Yeah, right. And it's just like Stefan is prepared to like burn his entire life down and leave the country it seems and matt is just like cool i guess i'll see you next week dude but you should lay low for now yeah and so we start chapter 13 with police everywhere so finally the police have shown up at the scene of the crime and then i guess matt tells elena that stefan was like i have to take care of you um yeah that stefan was like take care of her please and that she's just supposed to stay there with him. And of course, Elena's like, great, that sounds wonderful. Um, I got blood all over me. Let me go wash my hands. And she just like goes through the bathroom or something and (laughs) just just dips. I don't know how it's way too easy for her to leave a crime scene, but she does. It's the 90s. People can just do anything, (laughs) dude. (laughs) Kids could just be anywhere and do anything. Yeah, dude, she goes, like, to an adult and just shows them her bloody hands, and then they're like, oh, yeah, yeah. sure. And then goes through a door, goes through another door because she knows a way out, and then just walks out into the night. Yeah. I guess it's, like, I mean, it's a romantic young adult book, but at the same time, it's just, like, oh, it's a big haunted house, and she was doing something, <laughs> but nobody at any point is like, oh, she's washing her hands because they're covered in blood. We should, well, I'm going to go had, take care of this. Bonnie. She had been holding Bonnie. Oh, that's right. And Bonnie she was near the body. Bonnie. And so, yeah. yeah, so presumably Bonnie was near her and she had been crying on her because Bonnie's the one that was really at the scene of the crime and was like, oh, that's shit, true. this she, man well, is she dead. Was the, she was doing the whole Wicca ritual thing. Yeah, the whole, um, it was her, like, her... Her druid. Uh, druid ritual yeah, for yeah, yeah. the thing. So she was like full of blood because of bonnie and so she was like ah, i gotta go clean up but i love how oh i gotta wash my hands and then no qualms about it just walk through a door leave and she's going straight yeah. to stefan's place apparently yeah um, i think she's just in, she she can be incredibly disarming in the same way that stefan mm-hmm. can which is why they're um the protagonists but like <laughs> she she just decides like i mean this whole book we've been watching or been, we've been reading elena just in the moment deciding things and then committing fully and so she's like mm-hmm. no matter what nothing's stopping her she's gonna she's gonna see stefan yeah i admire how quickly she's just like great going over yeah. there um yeah. and stefan is at home <laughs> just ruining his room and apparently swearing at himself in italian God, he's like calling so himself an idiot and he says so some other thing in italian that i didn't even look up <laughs> It's fine. He's just really upset, and he's, like, throwing things across the room. He's trashing his bedroom. And I was like, where where are the rest of the people at this boarding house? Are there other tenants? And where is is the lady that owns the boarding house? Because (laughs) where is, what's her name, Mrs. Flowers? Yeah, Mrs. Flowers. Yeah. Yeah, he's just trashing the place, and it seems like nobody's around, and he's not worried about it. She's probably out doing her own Halloween rituals. So, <laughs> I suppose. Yeah, she's summoning. Um, the, she's on the roof summoning the lightning storm that they're having. Because also, right. it's, there's a, a crazy lightning storm 
in the middle of all of this too. It's yeah, they're the most... expecting they're expecting a full on storm to come through, yeah. but the, there's just lightning at the moment. It's extremely dramatic to mm-hmm. say the least. Stefan assumes that he's the one that killed Tanner because he said he blacked out, and that's like you know when Matt found him on the floor, he had just passed out and he'd been yeah. really dizzy. He just is like, well, I guess I did this, so. You know, why am I trying to, like, hold on to my humanity? I might as well just give in yeah. to the bloodlust. I'm obviously, I'm obviously a creature of the night. I should yeah. start acting like one. Right. And I was I'll... like, why don't you just leave the town? <laughs> yeah. You're not you when you're hungry, you know? It's that simple. He <laughs> but also just, like, he's he chose to come to to Fell's church just to come here but like there's nothing really keeping him here other than Elena but if he feels like he's a danger to everybody why doesn't he just take off yeah yes let's uh we'll get into it too uh especially in chapter 14 Stefan's at the house alone uh packing doing go, doing the worst job of packing his stuff up which is mostly just having a teenage meltdown and throwing his expensive Italian suitcases around the, the wall he like breaks the window at one point because he's so upset. It's like what you were saying with um with he he just is convinced that he is the the per, the one who killed Tanner in the same way as that he's convinced he's also the one who killed Vicky. Um and that's sort of when uh Elena shows up. Even it? though he didn't kill Vicky. We need to remind people. Oh yeah, yeah, he didn't kill Vicky. He something very very terribly maimed vicky but she'll she'll be fine it's cool yeah so he's like spiraling at this point safe to say he's spiraling he's prepared to like burn his life to shreds so elena shows up at the boarding house and it's really creepy and it's really dark and like we said before there's a thunderstorm so it's really spooky and she goes up the winding way up to stefan's room and she sees that it's empty and it's all super trashed like you said, the window's all broken. I noted that her devotion is astounding to me because she sees this, like, violence in the room and she decides that only someone with such a horrible temper and super violent, just as Tyler had said when he was accusing Stefan of being the person who had killed Tanner, she decides, yeah, only someone with that kind of, like, violence in them could create such disaster in this bedroom. And yet she is like, but I'm not going to walk away from him. I'm going to go look for him. So I'm, I'm yeah. like, again, there's like that, I don't know, some kind of magical realism love going on here. No red yeah. flags are waving for her at this it, moment. It definitely, you're absolutely freaked. Their fates are like tied, like bound together in these moments, which mm-hmm. I mean, makes sense in the book. Their fates are bound the, the book in the television show. Their fates are very much tied together. I mean, mm-hmm. there's, it's no... We haven't gotten there yet, but there's there's definitely no coincidence that Elena looks like Catherine and reminds reminds Stefan so much, so vividly of Catherine. But so there's definitely some <laughs> big magic pulling them together uh, right. in, in situations like this. But it also like, I mean, from a less dramatic sense, it, when it's good, it's really good between them. And mm-hmm. she she has the presence of mind to kind of acknowledge that like she fought for this relationship um she ruined uh her other relationship for this relationship she's already sacrificed so much for it genuinely i mean she made a fucking blood pact um pardon my language yeah (laughs) uh and it worked (laughs) like (laughs) it's and she's like and at this point you know more more readily she's already had weird shit happen to her that you know that she is just dying to get more answers on that that will you know we'll get into but mm-hmm. she's uh she's even before she reaches the boarding house to find stefan she's in too deep and so yeah. there's you know there's the only logical thing to do is is to track him down and get some answers yeah of course i understand why she's at where she's at it just seems really yeah. funny from the perspective of someone not in her position and who's yeah. an adult mm-hmm. <laughs> being Absolutely. like whoa yeah people okay. who who've acted a lot more rationally as in adult in adulthood and yeah but teenage love Would hope teenage love <laughs> yeah teenage crazy. so she she's just super devoted and i i it's astounding to me and i admire it um so she decides that she's gonna go to the roof i guess i think it's open the and yeah the the crow's nest or whatever it's called it's the a um, widow's walk oh even it's even better than a crow's nest. it makes me think of the winchester mystery 
house, like the mansion. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah, so there's all, all all those widow walks. <laughs> so there's a you know widow walks. And it's got like metal railing, like fencing around it and stuff. Mm-hmm. So I guess the door to that is open. So she goes up there, and in the flash of thunder, she sees this shadow kind of figure in the corner crouching or something, and in the flash, she sees that it's Stefan, and he's ah! holding a dead morning dove. And it's, it's, he's got blood all over his face. So and there's another face. dove on the floor. Yeah. And she loses it. And he's I eating. would too. Yeah, she's like... Um, the Yeah, LJ, LJ Smith has some really great descriptions for this moment. She, like, loses the capacity for speech. Like, like scream, she, he, she writes that, like, screams aren't enough. And it invokes for me that almost, like, Lovecraftian sense of horror <laughs> where it's so unimaginable like you, you the human mind can't perceive it it just drives itself crazy like this is the last possible thing she would ever expect to see her weird awkward boyfriend doing but he's like hunched over on the top of a roof just eating a raw bird like mm-hmm. in the flash of lightning around him and it's ooh, very spooky yeah. audience it's it's very spooky so she's of course horrified and i completely don't blame her and she says that this is not like her stefan this isn't him this is a a totally different thing Mm -hmm. which i find interesting that she makes that distinction she separates whatever this thing is from stefan it's a it's compartmentalization for Mm -hmm. sure it's it's a sign that she's in super deep with uh, <laughs> her emotions and, and tank. I mean, she's, like I said earlier, she's given so much of herself to this relationship. It has to work. And she's going to make it work no matter no matter what. <laughs> so this, whatever this is, it's a phase. It's fine. Well, <laughs> so, so she's still freaking out, of course. She's horrified. Yeah. And in her fear, Elena backs up because yeah. I think he's coming towards her and he's still covered in blood and everything. Yeah. And so he she says, backs he up against... He says Elena. He, like, he's shocked to see her just as much as she's shocked to see him. Well, and he's still in that, that hunt, hunter sort of mode, I'm assuming. And so he's probably also... He's yeah. caught off guard. And mm-hmm. he's also probably afraid of, like... The bloodlust? Yeah, could he do something to her in that moment, right? Yeah, yeah. And he's got the so anyway, out. Yeah. <laughs> so she... she um, She's afraid, so she backs up into the railing of the widow's walk, and it gives way because it's so old. So she she falls off the roof of the boarding house. Three stories, and she mentioned she she describes the color of the sky and, and the gathering storm as she's falling. It's and beautiful, yet, actually. Yeah, it's very sublime. the 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 early vestiges of a thunderstorm are very the the, the sky is very sublime, sort of pallor anyway uh but then she doesn't hit the ground you know she's just standing there and she's like yeah what, what happened and this good old uh, stefan caught her yeah. and he absorbs I, the fall for her a moment destined to be immortalized in this in cw tv history and it, a, vam- a vampire jumping off a roof to save <laughs> a, a a mortal woman and yet it didn't happen huh it didn't happen <laughs> Oh, in the show? <laughs> no, it I mean didn't they've definitely happen. they've definitely jumped off a number of roofs just um, like yeah. for a lark. But <laughs> for a lark, she just yeah she sees him and she sees he's covered in blood, falls off the roof, and then he I'm assuming the way it's described like she fell backwards because she could see the roof and she could see the beautiful mm-hmm. sky, and then she felt like someone was holding her, and then like heard the thud but didn't feel it, so and then he absorbed she... the fall for her. Yeah. You're right, you're right. And then she, like, comes to on his bed. So, I or think like, she... Or, like, make their way into the house or something, but... Yeah, but yeah. I think she actually straight up passes out. Like, I think the, the moment overcomes her. Because she wakes up, and he's, like, in the, in his bed. Like, there, she's in his bed, and he's packing still. There's a quote from there that says, She could still see the tinge of red on his lips, but now it awakened a thrill of pity along with the instinctive horror. To be so alone, so alien and so alone. So even after all of the horror, all of the fear that she had, she still sees him as this person. And she knows she's he, that he's not fully human, but she immediately feels bad for him. Yeah. Like, wow, it must be so difficult being you. Yeah. Well, she's beginning to see all of her questions being answered just by being here. The, mm-hmm. the aloofness and the loneliness and the, like, 
the solitude she's beginning mm-hmm. even if she doesn't know anything outside of what she's seen her questions are beginning to make sense or her she's beginning to kind of parse out some answers which i think right. is why when they do get down into it um she instead of demanding an, like a direct answer of like what are you or i know what you are or any of those classic you know stupid conversation starters that occur in these kind of books it's all she says is tell me like tell me your story tell me who you are tell me about it I mean, she's very direct, right? Everything Elena does is always so direct. From the moment she sees Stefan to the moment she decides to leave the gym to right now, she's just she just wants to constantly get to the heart of whatever problem is vexing her. It's interesting just how much she's like, I just want to be let in. Yeah. She just wants to, to hear what his story is, like you said. And she says she has um, a right to know. And she says so. that she has a right to know. Oh my god! <laughs> Are we super unsynced? No, no, I don't think we're unsynced. I'm just reading. I'm reading your notes that you typed up, and so I saw that's that. That's why. Like, <laughs> there's a lot of behind the scenes in this episode, but my column of notes is completely blank, dear listeners, because I write my stuff down on pen and paper. <laughs> <laughs> but, but I don't have that with me right now, so I'm reading Yvette's notes, and they're very good. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh my god! Well, so yes, as we said together. <laughs> she says directly that she has a right to know so that yeah. he should tell her the truth and so he does he just starts going into his story um but we he doesn't immediately, start immediately go into like he doesn't he doesn't go <laughs> hold on <laughs> he doesn't he doesn't go into it immediately he does that very classic i've never told anyone this story <laughs> before i've never i i deign not to remember it myself for fear of losing my resolve how could I possibly tell it to somebody else? And then she's just like, but what if you just still told it? And he's, ah, okay, here we go. And then they get into it. But he has that moment of like, it's a story too dark for human speech. And it's like, just, we've been, bro, we've been reading this book. We know your flashbacks. Stefan, she already saw you. Just yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah. There's a moment in in this chapter where it, it really feels like Elena is perfectly channeling the audience, for lack of a better word, because all she says for like a page and a half is just "Tell me, oh God, tell me." I mean, all of us <laughs> reading are just like, "Fucking tell her, God, tell her, <laughs> please." Yeah. I mean, I, ooh, it's. We've been building toward this, dear listeners. And Yeah. <laughs> so after some reservations, he he Stefan eventually gets into it and it's uh it's akin to the whole like memory hazy music flashback thing that you see in TV where it's like he starts talking and then the story slowly just folds into reminiscing from his perspective. I just imagine Elena just like dumbfounded on the edge of his bed just sort of like casually listening to this entire epic tale that he's like except, losing himself in yeah except for the fact that they're holding hands and so keep in mind that while we are talking about this yeah. memory he's so lost in it that he's not paying attention to her and he's like gripping really hard onto her hand and every so often she's like stuff in my hands <laughs> yeah there's like a three-part there's like a three-act comedy that's unsaid where you imagine her like using his her other hand to open his fingers, and when that's not working, she's, like, biting his hand, and she finds a crowbar, and she's like, stop it! Stop it! My, it's so, my hands! It's and finally, like, he just, like, casually lets her go and moves to the window. It's just, like, it's completely, he's, he's in it. He's fully locked into his memory. <laughs> yeah, he's in on, he's in another place, and she's over here, like, please don't crush my hand. Yeah, please, um, my God. So in this memory land that we've entered with Stefan, um, he starts telling her about Catherine, so, uh, we go back to the night that Catherine turns Stefan, and they have that whole very intimate moment of, you know, sharing blood. Um, surprise, no surprise, she turned both him and Damon the same night. This no is exactly dos, how dude? it happens, right? Yeah. This is exactly mm-hmm. how it happens in the TV show as well. Yeah. Um, and I was like, oh, God, this is awkward. <laughs> but... What, interestingly, the, oh, man, the hatred that Damone and Stefanio have for each other <laughs> in this book is so much more real 
yeah. and like intense. There's none of the cheeky, oh, hello, brother. There's none of that cheeky bullshit that they have in the in the show, at least not yet. We're very yeah. early in their relationship, but there's a palpable disdain between these brothers that isn't just because, oh, this pretty waifish girl has captured both their attentions. It's there's something that runs significantly deeper. And Stefan touches on it briefly, saying that his, uh, you know, he Damon is a little older than him. And um, uh, after giving birth to Stefan, their mother became very quickly ill and, and died soon after. And mm-hmm. he thinks that Damon might resent Stefan for that for that untimely de- death of their mother, which is a extremely heavy thing for a, a sibling to bear on another sibling. But um, right. but it seems like it runs deeper than that. But it's also hard to say because all of this is so anecdotal and so from Stefan's perspective. And yeah. as we know, he he so over exaggerates his like humility and his place in the world that it's kind of hard to really know where the truth lies it's just it's interesting how how much pure hatred these brothers seem to have for each other in this memory i I think just stefan carries a lot of guilt all the time and i think that you're right it's about their mother but i think it i think that's really where it roots from but it becomes worse as they get older because at least in the tv show stefan was both of them were much more indulgent of how different they were you know, they were like, oh, yeah. yeah, Damon is much more, you know, free spirited and he's like this. And Stefan is a little more, you know, tight collar. Um, but they got along really well. And um, their mother died, you know, of some other illness, supposedly, um, when they were a little bit older, not after Stefan was born. So that yeah, doesn't. Be- yeah. So that's yeah. not like an issue for them. But I think in mm-hmm. the books, like you said, I really do think that that's the root. It's just that as they got older, they're so different and they're so. Yeah. Specifically, Stefan is so set in his ways that anything Damon yeah. does that's like out of the ordinary or against the grain, he, it, he, yeah. they add to that animosity they already have of not liking each other very much. When they both fall in love with this girl, they, I think, just it truly becomes like an actual war. Um, but I like that Catherine isn't the one that's like necessarily pitting them against each other, like in the no, TV show. No. She truly believes that they can all. God, she's it's so so just sad. She truly believes childish. that they can all just like live out. Yeah, this like we can all be companions forever. Isn't it a great plan? And, <laughs> and they have like flintlocks pointed at each other. Like they're yeah. ready to throw hands, dude. Like she's between them and she's like it's going to be great. We're going to be such a great thruple, guys. Oh my god. What a good it decision. It would be great if it is. worked. It would be wonderful yeah, if like, it worked. Oh. But she, she really Catherine. thought that they would get over themselves, and they really don't. Yeah. Um, because their hatred goes all. beyond... It goes yeah. way beyond them just liking her. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's well, the issue. A, and there's the, the sign of the times, too. I mean, the TV show, they're 1800s, old money Southerners. And so Damon joins the Confederacy, God. And, um, and Stefan <laughs> is home. And, but, they, but they have the same... It's the same sort of ideals that they carry pitted against each other where like Stefan is so much more bookish and so much more a man of the times while Damon has always, like you said, gone his own way and mm-hmm. like shirked the responsibilities of the modern man in his time period. But I think that juxtaposition is a lot more severe in you know, 1500s Renaissance Italy than it, where, where positions of power were very specific as opposed mm-hmm. to 1800s america so it's the right. the idea of reconciliation doesn't feel quite as possible and this girl uh catherine is the final straw between their their difference and she's just one more reason why we'll never get along in the same world together so yeah as we said catherine tells them both like hey a surprise i turned you both and she tells them by giving them each their own daylight ring and so we find out that Gudrun arranged for this to happen. She had some smith make the rings, and I'm assuming that she did witchcraft and was like, all right, now I put mm. a spell on them. Yeah. So yeah. Um, she's like, here you go, here are your daylight rings. And Stefan's like, why would he need one? And Damon's like, well, hello, she made her choice. And he's like, 
but no, she was with me last night. I was like, well, she was with me first. And then yeah. she's like, guys, it's all of us. And We're all going to be so, it's going to be so great. <laughs> Three's yeah, company, she... y'all. She tries to be like, please, can't we make this work? And I thought they were going to pull swords out at that moment, but they didn't yet. They wanted <laughs> they to. Just, they super they wanted, wanted to. to. They, yeah, they would have if Catherine wasn't there, for sure. Yeah. And so Catherine just is like, wow, I thought this would work. And she's really upset. So she runs away crying. And she's like, I yeah. need to talk to you guys later. Her reactions to all of this is extremely childish. And I, I think what I meant to say was it reminds me of a child. I don't mm-hmm. want to so much so say that, like, wow, she's such a baby. That's not what I mean. I, I just, yeah. there was something, we've said that she's a little more naive. Or yeah. as we've compared, like, TV Catherine to this Catherine and TV Elena to this Elena, yeah. they've switched, yeah. as we've said. So she's got this more, like, naive sort of sense of the world. And mm-hmm. it seems like she's so... She was so ready that because they care for her and she cares for them, she thought, well, this must solve the issue. We'll all it's be an together absolute to forever. Win. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's the perfect yeah. relationship for everybody. She, but it's so, I don't know. I latched on to the whole child thing because there is this form, and even in the way it ends, God, well, mm-hmm. it's, it's not comfortable by any stretch, but it's an intense sign of reg- regression where she... Mm-hmm. Like, anyone on the outside observing this scenario is going to know that it's not going to work. That these two Mm -hmm. brothers are not going to... This choice is not going to work for any of them. But she's so naively optimistic that this will fix whatever it is. And that, you know, love wins out. And it feels like she is channeling that, you know, that, that last bit of human capacity within her where she's like you know i had this i have this really i have this really wild fear that i'm gonna be a vampire or a night walker or whatever forever (laughs) and like my father's gonna eventually figure out my secret and i'm gonna be alone forever and she she realizes i I can solve it i can solve it we can all live together forever it's gonna be great we're gonna get a big house with a bunch of rooms and we're gonna live happily ever after. And then when that immediately doesn't work, all she can think of is you know the final solution, which is not a solution. But it makes a lot of sense because we've already said in the past that it seems like Catherine can't be a very old vampire by any stretch because no, her family doesn't know. And so when she died yeah. and became a vampire, she was what like sixteen, seventeen. So yeah, and at all, that time, like being 16 a sixteen or seventeen year old you know, must have had, I mean, had a very different, you know, yeah. uh, your place in society was very different, but that didn't mean that you were fully grown up all the time. So Not she must have these, like, you know, grand ideas of, like, anything can happen, anything is possible. So she's this teenager who hasn't been a vampire for very long, and so, but I keep thinking of her as, like, an old vampire who's had time, and so it felt weird to me yeah. to, for her to be so like I said before, kind of childish or naive about the mm-hmm. way she decides mm-hmm. to go about things. But she's a teenager and she hasn't she's had the, the benefit of being a vampire for decades or hundreds of years. Yeah. She's still it's a teenager, not the Catherine, realistically. It's not the Catherine from the show who is already mm-hmm. been a vampire for hundreds of years before she meets the Salvators and then plays this cat and mouse game with them until finally she, tur- she pits them against each other and that's how we get the CW program we all know and love. But yeah. instead, it really is. I mean, it's the same drive that Elena has that we commented on half an hour ago where she sets right. her mind to something and she does it. And it's the same sort of like, I'm 17. I, I My life is kind of a nightmare, but I have this great solution. I'm going to do it. It's going to work. It's going to be great. Love is real. I'm 17 and I have my whole life figured out. Don't tell me what to do, dad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> we get, yeah, this, this idea en- of her. <laughs> yeah, it's that energy. And it's like, it's, it makes it, God, it makes it so much more sad, truly, because it's three very uninformed, completely head over heels people just doing terrible things to each other and for each other. And all it does is create lifetimes of misery for, um, Literally everyone. everyone involved. Every single. <laughs> yeah. I mean, their parents, the the staff, the two brothers. Yeah, everyone. Every, so yeah. I, again, I was just thinking about this. Um, we tend to think about these vampires 
because of TV and we've talked about how casting is done and how we're so used to seeing all these people that are clearly not 16 or 17 years old playing these teenagers. So it's hard to look at these full-on adults and think about like them being in these teenage bodies, right? These vampires being in teenage bodies. But you think about that, like we know because of modern science that your brain is still developing. Your brain continues to develop. You go through different growth spurts, even in your mid twenties, like at the final part of that. And so can you imagine being like 17 and now you're frozen in time? Like that's how much your brain is going to develop. And, you and you're going to get yeah. wisdom and knowledge from time. Eventually. But, <laughs> but she's, yeah, but she's not as an acquired shit because she's still, well, she's well, still able to Well, neither have the guys. It. Neither have yeah. the guys. And now they're trapped in these yeah. bodies. So when I, mean, I have to keep thinking about that when, whenever, I mean, we give it a lot of shit about them being, you know, like, why would you go back to high school? He literally yeah. looks like a 17 year old. If he tried to like live his life out of the in the world you know, without having to be like, yeah, look, I graduated two years ago. Here's my diploma, police officer or whatever, trying to catch him for truancy, you know, like, show me your diploma, (laughs) license and registration and diploma, please. But you know, if if they don't go through the process of like having their IDs updated and all that stuff and like proving that they just went to high school, right? Yeah. Then because you have people who are in their 20s who you look at them, you go, are are you sure you're not like 17? And they're like, yeah, I just look really young. Yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So they but have to um, have that background to prove it. But so I'm thinking about them in these situations, trying to like figure the whole rest of the you like their lives, their new like yeah possible centuries of living, and they're doing None it on a 17 year old's brain. That's the that's the the tragedy of the whole thing is that right. literally none of them are thinking a, even a week into the future about no. this. They're not thinking about, well, like, I guess we also have to hide this from our parents, rip the inheritance, rip yeah. <laughs> go, me going to school or whatever the fuck I'm going to do at, at 1583 or whatever time period it is. Like, yeah. their whole lives are upended and none of them are like, do we buy a house now? Do we adopt a bunch of kids? How do you kids? do it? <laughs> do, I, do I get really good at stage makeup and make myself look older? Like, no, no, no they're just like, I'm going to yeah. kill my brother. I'm... <laughs> very upset i'm also extremely hungry uh so they're using (laughs) they're using yeah they're using 16th century logic for this problem that they put themselves in for the next like eon (laughs) and that's and the god i keep coming back to the tragedy of it because it really it really is it truly is a tragedy your life god dear listeners (laughs) your life does not even come close to ending at 15 or 16 or 17 or any of that bullshit you went through or are going through in in high school it's it's a very formative time for for the development of your sense of self and your body and your mind but it is by no means the end all be all of who you are of who you're gonna be and these are extremely over the top renditions of high schoolers but (laughs) it bears repeating friends that it's it always gets better and right. never never once should you ever think in high school well the only way out is to kill my brother and uh live a life in the shadows as a vampire person like it's <laughs> never it's never gonna yeah. be that that cut and dry don't uh, yeah the, the decisions yeah. being made here are so rash and so over the and top. it also it also wasn't it wasn't correct even then <laughs> you know but yeah. they're so yeah. full of a rage and all these emotions they can't express because they're yeah. teenagers still yeah. in a world that you know sees them almost as grown-ups and yeah and also they've got all this vampire blood coursing through them yeah. um but we'll get to they're that in, part later they're the... impeccably strong supernatural creatures on top of being incredibly <laughs> emotionally unbalanced what can go wrong right yes <laughs> so this this chapter ends with Stefan coming back to elena in in the real Briefly. world and just being yeah. like and so damon and i both killed Catherine. we're both responsible for her death and yeah. we're like wait what <laughs> he doesn't explain yeah. this until later in in the next chapter no, no, but no. it's it's a cliffhanger for the chapter yeah, yeah that's the bomb that's dropped is that they are both responsible for Catherine dying um. yeah so that's that's where <laughs> that's where chapter 13 ends yeah chapter 14 we're back in it Stefan gives elena that that great beautiful cliffhanger line of oh, both damon and i killed Catherine, 
And it's very shocking. But let's find out exactly how that happened. Yeah, so... (laughs) Stefan's also making jokes about, like... He he tells her that the next morning, I guess, they go look for her. um, They go look for Catherine around the house. And they make their way to her chamber. And they're, like, pounding on the door. And he's making a joke about, like... (laughs) enough pounding to like wake the dead ha ha because they're so close to being part of the dead and Gudrun opens the door and she looks pissed (laughs) as always Mm -hmm. and um I guess Damon already tried to like see if she would let him in and apparently Gudrun just really doesn't like Damon so she didn't even tell him anything I don't blame her in my mind she just like glares when she opens the door and she's like yeah Yeah. Like I, your classic severe <laughs> German servant who's who's extremely loyal and also might kind of be a witch or something who's just like she's not here, goodbye. Closes the yeah. door. Yeah. Uh, Dame Stefan mentions that um that he was immediately hungry, but he but he could tell when he saw Damon outside Catherine's chambers, he could tell that Damon had you know given in to that hunger, and Damon had mm-hmm. done things I guess the night before to satiate himself while Stefan had abstained. Right. Stefan had not had any blood and clearly yeah. Damon had already drank blood from some of the servants. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he looked good and healthy and Stefan was like, I looked like, I, I imagine like- him like SpongeBob in like Sandy's tank, like just drying up. <laughs> Probably didn't deep, look deep like breath. that, but <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Probably I didn't look it. all withered yeah. and stuff, but he but he felt like he was going to fall over, you know? Yeah. And Damon's, yeah. like, and glowing. Speaks... He's just yeah. super healthy. And we find out a lot this chapter, actually, which was uh, refreshing about sort of the nature of um, vampirism in the world of L.J. Oh, Smith. yeah. And, and, and it's cool. Mm-hmm. It's, it's very cool. It, we kind of answered some of our previous questions in um, past episodes. But I, I, right. I, we'll get into it. But for now, they're <laughs> on the hunt for Catherine. Yeah, so Gudrun is like, yeah, she left really early in the morning, and you guys both suck because she was crying all night. Yeah. So she went out to walk in the gardens, and they're like, what? Okay, so they go out to look for her, and they come to that damn lemon tree that mm-hmm. Stefan keeps dreaming about, and they say that he says that there's this horrible smell, he doesn't really know what it is, and then he says it smells like fat burning or like maybe burning flesh and they find Catherine's dress with a bunch of ashes and a note placed by it and also her ring is placed on a rock near the tree and Mm. her daylight ring (laughs) her daylight ring is put off to the side and this is the part where Stefan is definitely in his like major trance he's like squeezing onto Elena's hand because he's horrified by the memory and the smell of like, or she burned herself. She let herself be exposed to the sun. She seems so incredibly let down that her perfectly thought out, seamless, wonderful plan of turning both these terribly violent boys didn't work. Mm-hmm. And so she takes uh, the final steps, which is always a terrible thing to do. Um, but she, I guess, yeah, she goes out for a walk early in the morning, waits for the sun to rise removes her ring and finds a nice place in the garden. And so then the boys start fighting over that ring. Yeah, of course. They start like, you know, trying to take it from each other and like clearly it's meant for me or for me. And Damon has a sword. <laughs> Damon yeah. has a sword with him and he pulls it out and I, I think He also they... has the strength of having eaten that night too. Right. Which, which goes back to what we were saying. Yeah, where Stefan is uh, Stefan already mentions that he and Damon spar all the time because of course Mm -hmm. they do and how Damon always bests him but this particular fight seemed so much more ferocious than their typical bouts like he knew as soon as it started like there's only one way that this is ending well and they're both so hurt they're you know they thought that they one of them at least was going to stay with Catherine and suddenly she's gone and they're forever to the weeds with this terrible debilitating vampirism by their side forever yeah. Um, did Stefan, I didn't really catch this. Does Stefan have a sword too? Cause I, I noted that they have a legit sword fight, but I couldn't remember if like Stefan also pulled out a sword. It's not fully stated if the sword fight occurs right then and there. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, cause they definitely, they fight over the ring. Damon has a sword with him. Their father sees from, 
from the house and the servants are yelling and they're you know he his their father is yelling too and they can see from the house so they're not at home they didn't like run back home to go get their swords so i'm assuming they just carry swords with them on a regular basis yeah. which wouldn't be weird for like you know 1500s mm-hmm. but the point is yeah okay so they have a sword fight and damon stabs stefan through the heart and as he's you know he's fallen to the ground or whatever stefan takes that moment in all his weakness, but he's like, it's my last chance, and he stabs Damon through the heart. So they both fall, and they hear their father, you know, screaming, because he's just seen both of his boys kill themselves, or kill each other. Then they both wake up later in the family Mm -hmm. crypt, and they've been laying in the family crypt next to each other. They're dressed in their best clothes, and they both just don't really speak about anything. I guess they both had just enough blood in their systems to not fully die i think that they unknowingly mm-hmm. closed the circle for themselves on their yeah, on their which, mortality because in the show right that's an aspect of it and and often mm-hmm. in this whole vamp vam- deep vampire lore oh yeah i'm a lore master they uh they have <laughs> um uh that's always part of it you close the loop right you 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 kill yourself or you get killed with vampire blood in you and that i guess seals the deal for lack mm-hmm. of a better word, and, and condemns you to that that life of inhumanity, um, right? Which is which also seems pr- especially cruel. Uh, and and another aspect of this that is so cruel in Catherine's decision is that she was so obtuse in relaying any real information about what it was she was doing to them. So much of it was just like you'll live forever and you're going to be young forever. I also drink human blood, but you'll be going to be going forever. It'll be great. And there, and then she dies yeah. and they're left with the, all of these questions that they have to figure mm-hmm. out for themselves over the next, you know, 500 years. Well then that's the thing is before we had talked about, wow, I guess it's very different from the TV show because what we'd seen that Catherine's process had been, um, but we didn't take into account that she was so sick that she was going to die no matter what. So that's yeah. why they just waited and waited and waited until nature took its course and she died a natural death. Yeah. But with she also, va- blood in her system. And she also so we didn't take into class for yeah, a so long we didn't take time, in, too. We didn't take into account that she did have to die. It wasn't that they yeah. were just waiting for the blood to do the transformation. No. It was that she did have to die. But it didn't. Yeah. that wasn't so clear until this moment. And my guess is that... Catherine probably thought that if she was gone and they didn't know like how you know the whole last portion of the this they still had to make a choice right when she gave them the rings and she was like oh okay you know now you can choose like this eternity with me but she didn't disclose that portion of it to them necessarily I think and she probably just assumed like well if she's gone she's out of the picture Pretty soon the blood will be out of their system anyway, and yeah, then just they on. won't have to they won't have to worry about it. Yeah, Which I don't think she again took into account that they would no, kill each other. It's incredibly idiotic that she wouldn't assume that, uh, and it speaks even more to our claims of her childish naivety in the face of these grave, grave decisions. It's the it's the like, oh, well, if I remove myself from the equation, it's just gonna be fine. Yeah, they'll, they'll forget about again, me. They'll from, move on. You know. Yeah. She doesn't take the moment to making yeah, life and death decisions. She's still really young, doesn't yeah. <laughs> yeah, just like Romeo and Juliet, they're very young. They don't really think about what could happen next or what their yeah. actions could lead to. And there you go. So both the brothers turn into vampires without realizing that this is what was gonna happen. So they, they inadvertently the Yeah, close the loop for themselves. They wake up and they basically just don't talk about it. And I guess Damon like walks away and he's just like, I'm we're not done, but I'm leaving right now. But yeah. I won't let you rest. And he, I guess, yeah. joins like a group of marauders. And uh, it's, they... um, yeah, he, he jo- joins a company of like killers, yeah. outriders. Yeah. Um, and Stefan wakes up with the ring in his pocket, with uh, Catherine's ring. That's how he ends up with it. And he says that he assumes that when they found the bodies and they were ring was near them that they just all assumed that Catherine would have left it to him damon joins a free company basically of um Mm. basically soldiers for hire uh which is probably the perfect place to be if you're a vampire it's uh yeah it's just it's just really sad it's just really sad all the way around but i get the feeling 
more tragedy. Tragedy begets tragedy. Listen up, folks. That's how it goes. Um, I get the feeling that from this chapter, that Stefan has, from day one, a very tight control over his uh, engaging with these sort of dark forces. And he, was, he gives that classic line that I think you were just about to get to, that he also says in the show, and that kind of follows him forever in the, the I damned my brother. And he bears both mm-hmm. of but both his personal guilt and the guilt of Damon on his shoulders for uh, eternity. And he lives like an animal during this time because, of course, he does the stupid thing of trying to just go back home. And it's like, <laughs> right. we just buried you, you you fool, you fool of a tuck. And so, he, you know, he has to flee <laughs> his family and everything like that. It's, God, it's all so... Right. Just he yeah, as you said, he goes tries to go back home and all the servants freak out, the family freaks out and he's like, Oh shit, maybe I shouldn't go back to my house. Yeah, you shouldn't. Yeah. Everyone thinks you're dead. So Bro, we buried he, you like Yeah, last he knows week. that <laughs> Yeah, right. He knows that Damon now has like joined this group of people, he's mm-hmm. fully away from the family, and yeah. so he decides to just like seclude himself and just be away from the world because he's a monster. And yeah. Yeah, and the whole I damned my brother, that guilt that he carries, I feel like the way that it's given here in the book makes so much more sense than in the TV show because in the TV show he felt like, you know, it was his fault that Damon ended up, like, you know, being, you know, uh, sharing blood with, like, Catherine and being involved in the whole thing and if they hadn't gone to, like, go look for her. Because in the show, like, everyone in the town finds out that she's a vampire and they try to kill her along with other vampires so they go try to save her and in trying to save her they get shot by townspeople and that's how they die and become vampires and, yeah and they unknowingly so he's like, add oh, the it's... blood in them it's very right there's a lot of gray yeah. in whose fault is it in the tv show it's very it's right. designed that way it's designed <laughs> to be very muddy but in this it's it's just there's so much it's so much more concrete of just bad decision leading to bad decision right and then yeah, in the, the last me- second he made the active choice to stick that sword in his brother's heart yeah. and neither of them thought that they were going to come back and be damned to an eternity of being these creatures yeah. and so it makes so much more sense that he sitting with that guilt of he yeah. literally put his brother in this life so and he finds that yeah. ironic because of his name <laughs> isn't it ironic yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he has this whole thing about um he, you know, Salvatore in in Italian means a savior and he's named for Saint Saint Stephen Saint 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 Jesus, Saint Stephen who uh <laughs> did some great stuff with the Catholic Church, all that. He's yada, a yada, Christian yada. martyr. So yeah, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> but it's very uh, tongue in cheek um ironic that mm-hmm. our boy Stephen Salvatore is a spawn of Satan. Right, and, uh, and so he's like, oh, it's my fault, as you do. Yeah. And well, Elena's not having any of this. She's like, it's not your fault. Catherine yeah. made her choice. You know, she yeah. she shouldn't have done it, and that was selfish of her, but, like, yeah. that wasn't your fault, and you shouldn't blame yourself for Damon, either. Yeah, um, keep in mind, though, we've exited memory land. Damon, mm-hmm. is, er, Stefan is a veritable puddle of sadness on the floor of his boarding house room. And Elena is in, I guess, the same dress that she wore to... I'm just going to set the scene. Elena's in her right. Halloween <laughs> terror night dress, whatever the fuck she wore. Still probably covered in, like, fake blood and just, like, adrenaline sweat. Just, like, comforting this man who she loves dearly, who just told her the most batshit story she will ever hear in her entire life. And she's just like, it's not your fault yeah <laughs> it's, it's not your fault it's like is is this therapy i i wrote <laughs> that she's going taking, on <laughs> yeah she's taking all of this in such stride and yeah, i would have she, been like i need yeah. a moment <laughs> yeah i yeah i'm the victim here uh remember Please when you let me snarled, process this remember when you snarled at me and you alistair crowley the head of a dove <laughs> off the roof jeez <laughs> stephens holds on to this story for oh. so long and it just breaks him to tell it to her oh man and she ends up comforting him but like yeah it speaks to her it's god jokes aside dear listeners it speaks to elena's uh, you know her perseverance in wanting and needing this relationship to work that she is oh boy willing to go 
literally to the ends of humanity itself to stay with Stefan Salvatore and to to break down those walls. She's so devoted to breaking down those walls and understanding his solitude and you know meeting him on an equal level that um, she kind of just you know shuts down and takes all of this in stride and is like whatever we whatever whatever we need to do to get through this mm-hmm. is what we'll do. Um, right. It's, 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 if it wasn't so tragic, it'd almost be inspiring. Stefan actually begins to explain what having powers means and specifically what it means if you drink human blood, which he doesn't. He's consistently kept a diet of just small animals. <laughs> so yeah, same, same Stefan is in the show. He's, he's a vegetarian vampire. So right. Uh, and so he says that, you know, I, I noted them as like basics, extras, and like super extras. So <laughs> yeah. get your pen and paper ready. There's going to be yeah. a test. So like your basics of powers that even he can get to, you know, and he's like, you noted this, you're quick. Uh, we are strong. We have very sharp senses, especially at night. So all the senses are really heightened. Mm-hmm. Um, but some with like, you know, practice and time and like if they drink human blood, um, they get stronger ability to feel minds, which is basically what he says he can do too. Um, yeah. Probably because of practice and time, but with human blood, it's sharper. I'm assuming it's basically the compulsion from the show is that what he what he says with with feeling minds. It, it we'll get there two, more. Those are two different. Yeah, but it's the idea of of um, of there's some mind reading that he can do or that that the drinking of human blood allows you to do but there's also yeah. the sort of bending of wills i mean we've seen it a couple times that's how he got mm-hmm. himself enrolled in high school it's how he he even states <laughs> it's how he convinced shitbag tanner to lie on the pestle for the the druid thing like he compelled yeah. him in this yeah, state so it doesn't it doesn't seem are... to be as op of a power as it is <laughs> in the show because in the show the compulsion the compulsion is incredibly strong that these vampires possess Mm-hmm. But it it's something that is cultivated over time, like you said. Well, and he, those two, you know, those two specific separate powers, it seems like he can do them just fine, probably with mm-hmm. time. But he notes that if he did drink human blood, it would be so much easier for him. Yeah, yeah um, absolutely. So I think it's perfectly fine. But then he says that if you are someone who actively always drinks uh, human blood, some of the extras are like, you can shapeshift. A lot of Bro. vampires turn into animals. Yeah. And I was like, oh, yes. So that mm-hmm. crow is Damon. And just like the Yeah, just like the readers, Elena is like, I've seen Listen, that crow. I've seen that crow. <laughs> I've seen I've seen that crow. That crow's seen me. That crow and I are hella tight. Uh, I see <laughs> that crow all the time, dude. Yeah. And she goes even further than that and she says, I've seen Damon. He is yeah. here. You're right. Because he's like, I, I can feel I can sort of feel like something's around, but I can't quite because I don't drink human blood, yeah. so my senses aren't as sharp. And she's like, oh, he's here because he's here. I've seen him. And, and I've seen tried, him in crow form, too. He tried to smooch me. And you know yeah. what? I almost let it happen, Stefan. I, I like that she, and, uh, tells, she just goes right in and yeah. tells him everything. Well, I mean, it would be extremely... Oh God, it would be extremely hypocritical if she didn't after the the roller coaster that he just sent her on with this story. <laughs> if she wasn't as forthcoming with this as as he was, I mean, granted, this story is nothing. It's just a, a moment in time that she should tell him for the sake of like both their lives. Mm-hmm. But but yeah, she does know it that she's like extremely candid with uh, how she almost wanted him to, but the but something like. It's like her lizard brain or something. Her, her unconscious <laughs> uh, pulled her back um, like, right before. <laughs> yeah, and it speaks, I mean, it speaks to the mental fortitude of Elena and what we've been saying this literally this entire season, that she mm-hmm. is an extremely driven person. And that drive manifests in, uh, you know, this kind of almost inhuman ability she has to just, like, compartmentalize and make decisions and decide she's gonna do something or she's not gonna do something and have that be the final decision and so she's doing a lot of great work here no hesitations just tells him everything which is so much more refreshing i feel like a tv show would have pulled that out a little longer or you know they always do that to add dramatic flair but it would have cut to like damon (laughs) in the woods eating like six people just like yeah where am i am i around (laughs) but still like there would have been a commercial break it would have been a 
whole thing. I just I just like that there's no secrets. She's just yeah, like, you're right, and here's information you don't have that I'm sure is what you're talking about. No hesitation. So it's great. Yeah. Um, and then she brings up how when he had told her about sharing the blood with Catherine and how like intimate and almost pleasurable that sort of experience had been, and she's like, well, why can't we do that? She basically offers herself as a blood bag, but also, like, let's have that intimacy as well. So yeah. that way like... he can have that power. Yeah. It also seemed like she's getting ready to potentially take that step toward immortality, is what it read to me as but, well. But she says very clearly that she doesn't want to become a vampire. Yeah, not yet. Not yet. We're book one, dude. Not yet. But I'm well, sure. I know, I, I mean, know. But she yeah. said that right there. She said that she yeah. just wanted to offer, to have, I think she wants to be close to him, like what mm -hmm. he had with Catherine. Yeah. But also, yeah. if she's like, if I can give you a little bit of my blood and your senses could be sharper and you can be stronger to like get rid of your brother or at least to keep us all safe. Yeah. Then, yeah. Well, hello, my veins are right here. <laughs> it's a, it's a, cla it's a um, movie moment. It really is. It's like, to, I'll sacrifice my, part of myself. So you can get stronger to keep our town and our lives safe from your from demon Damon. It's um, yeah. It's well, a good. It's a and good. And we'll moment. have a little bit of that intimacy. Yeah, we'll have that intimacy she, too. Yeah, she definitely is uh, a little envious of um the way da Stefan talks about how close he and Catherine were in those moments, and she you could tell yeah. that she yearns for that sort of closeness. Right. And so Stefan's response to that is basically uh, what would later be the Twilight Meadow scene, where mm. he's like, but I could hurt you. Let me show yeah. you every single way I could hurt you. I'm so strong. I'm so fast. God. Just all he, like, the different snaps things. And a piece of wood <laughs> and throws it at her. And then he like slashes her a pillowcase. He's like, this could be your skin. And these could be your bones. <laughs> And he's like, right. and she's just like, I, and he's like flexing on her and she's got his open vest shirt, his dumb bullshit. And he's like, it's, uh, yeah, I, I wrote the same notes down of like, Ooh, this yeah. is, this is almost intersecting with, with that twilight shit of just like, I'm going to tear out a whole tree. Cause you should be yeah. scared of me. You um, shouldn't be near me. And her response to that is just to kiss him and to just chill him out. Just it's. <laughs> and listen, it works. Listen, 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 listen. <laughs> you ever want to shut a man up, listeners? Do do this one simple trick. Boys hate it. Okay, you put just like they're they're yelling at you. They're tearing out logs and all this dumb shit. Oh my just put God. your hand on their cheek. Stare. Pick one eye and stare into it just as intently as you can, and just bring their face inches from yours don't kiss eyes open just inches from their face and just hold that stare you're in you're in they're they're done any argument they have out the window just hold that stare and then if eyes still open this is of course you know consenting you're and you should be only only do this if you're in consenting relationships please but then go for the smooch and make it one of those really lasting like it's not a kiss it's just like your lips are touching for an uncomfortable amount of time and then it's a smooch one of those ones boom in I... the pocket hole in one it's love i'm gonna say if he's throwing things i don't endorse any of what keenan just said <laughs> yeah, yeah 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 sure because that's exactly what elena does she just puts her hands on stefan's face and holds it there. And he's like, Just, it's made for a CW show. That's the moment that it, C it really CW is. producers were reading this book and they're like, we can make this into a TV show. I mean, she was just so sure. I wish I had her, like, certainty in anything. Yeah, but, like, confident. it worked. Yep. And then she's like, great, no time like the present. Just drink from me now and let me drink from you. And so they do that. So, yeah, yeah she just, she lets him drink a little bit and then he she drinks from i guess his neck and then they cuddle and then that's it and i'm like wow dating a vampire is weird dating a vampire is always gonna have that scene where they're throwing pieces of foliage 
in your direction, <laughs> telling you how strong they are. And yeah, it's just they're always gonna have to fight somebody. It's there's it's not worth it. Literally, it's not worth it. Whatever love you think is out there for you in the vampire world, it's just date a human. Just date a human. It's so much easier. Matt is such <laughs> a good guy. Like, maybe man. we'll see him again next time. <laughs> I have a strong feeling but, we're gonna see Matt. <laughs> uh, yeah. So that's what happened in chapter fourteen, and I also wanted you all to know that if anyone's keeping score at home. We still have not read the word vampire anywhere mm-hmm. in the book. And I'm, I'm not hating it. Before if that. it was going to come up at any point, I thought it would be now. So that's we got two it for chapters that. left, guys. Two chapters yeah, we're left. we're so close. Yep. So one, more, one more chapter. One more, one more episode of the first book. Mm-hmm. And then we'll see. We'll and see how it all ends. It. Big things, though. Big things. It's been building toward this. We'll see. Oh, as always... Send us an email if you have questions, you have any comments, uh, to breakfastpeoplepodcast at gmail.com. You can find me on Twitter, but you have to find me. I'm not going to give you my handle. (laughs) Uh, If you find me. It's a challenge. Yeah, it's a challenge. Um, If you find me, great. If not, try again. Bye, I guess. See you next time. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, All right. Thank you so much. Bye. Stay cool. Don't kiss vampires. Uh, sure. If he's throwing things, if but only if he's throwing things only to say that he is just really strong, not that he wants to hurt you or something. But if he's only throwing things because he wants to flex that he's just a big strong boy, <laughs> then you can cup his face. Do the face, the patented face cup, Keenan Flag face cup. Um. Wow.